This episode of Behind the Glass Hunting is brought to you by Seek Outside. Anyone who has followed me over the last few years will know that I've used a Seek Outside backpack long before they were ever a sponsor of the show. I'm currently using the Fortress 4800 and it is killer. I've moved more game and other oddball loads in that backpack than I can remember. Seek Outside also makes some of the most badass shelters on the mountain. We are currently using the Silex, a single man trekking pole supported tent when solo or counting the answers, and a Simron with a wood stove when the weather is a bit cooler or hunting with a partner. My friends at Seek Outside are offering listeners of this podcast free shipping on all orders if you use the code BTGH. That's BTGH, as in behind the glass hunting. Head on over to seekoutside.com for your next backpack or shelter purchase. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 32 uh, and today I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Justin Grizzly Balzer. He's been on the podcast a couple of times and uh, a new guest on the podcast. We're pretty excited to welcome Jason Peak from the Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance. Uh, earlier in the week, we put out a call for questions that we were hoping our listeners would want to put to the RMGA and find out what's going on and learn a bit about RMGA and the projects we're up to. A lot of really cool BC specific questions came in uh, and we were stoked to put those to Jason and Jason was stoked to tackle them as well. This podcast ran kind of long, so I've broken it into two parts. Uh, The first part that you're about to listen to now, we're just getting to know Jason, we're getting to know the RMGA and the sort of work they do and how it's all made up. And the second part, we're tackling those questions that you uh, sent in for us. As you're about to learn, just listening to Jason over the next few hours, uh, the work that the RMGA does for mountain goat population and mountain goat habitat is just unreal. Uh, I, I, I encourage everybody to get out and support RMGA in some way if you can. If you can pick up a membership, uh, a yearly membership, a lifetime membership, or even just buy some swag from them. There's a couple of call to actions in the podcast where Jason points out some areas where people can get involved and volunteer. Uh, but I, I truly do believe in everything the RMGA is doing. And I think that if you've got any care for mountain goats at all, you should definitely jump on board and give them a give them a hand, whether that be volunteer some time, donate some time, or uh, just your finance if that's all you've got. But um, listen to the podcast, guys, and I hope everybody takes something positive away from it. Enjoy. Let us know what you think. You can prepare for everything that you can control, but that's not very much. My goal was just to hunt as hard as I could, as long as I could, at all costs. Better ask it, man. (laughs) Speak for yourself. 28 and sunny, we're almost definitely going to have hikers on the trail, boys. I'm getting across that damn river, and I'm getting after those goats. Let's go. We're hunting. We're going after something. have kind of a I would love to one of the things I would really like to touch on I wrote a bunch of stuff in here but was would be about like compulsory checks you know how that works for because a lot of people like they they bullshit those things they just say ah over here right because they think someone's going to find out right and like that to me is just like absolutely 100% the opposite way it should be so like I would love to like put compulsory maybe in a good sense 
so that way we can actually get like proper science and going the right way and when you Pushing when you're talking about compulsory checks on yeah. on there there's kind of two methodologies behind that right there's there's the the roadside checks where it's just sort of mm. spot checks on guys coming out and they they have a check station and you're kind of pulled over and they just kind of check things out but then you've got the actual checking in where you know depending on the jurisdiction um they they age them they they yeah, uh, pull teeth on bears, you know, whatever the hell they try to do with with animals, so they can support their research. Um, those, those. Yeah, I'm are... talking that more so. Okay, okay. Yeah, we have like uh, I think in all of BC, I think it's all compulsory checks compulsory on inspections. And, go, and then yeah, yeah, and you've got to provide a location, and this location that you're talking about, Grizz. I know people are yeah. like, oh, I don't want to put my mark on the map, but it's yeah. like it's a yeah. Yeah. one kilometer square. Like, chill out, guys. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Unless yeah, they're yeah. something dodgy. Um. Well, even then, like, <laughs> yeah, you just yeah. know it's like it doesn't go, that doesn't go anywhere besides the, the like, the biologists and things like this. And it's just, I don't know, it's, it, to me, it, it would be good to put that in a good, maybe try and put it in a good light, in a sense. Well, that yeah, can be with, and, like, conservation, right? Yeah. You can chat and, about and that, maybe throw that in there. We, yeah, on my last hunt, when we killed my goat, um, we were provided uh, by... It was somebody in, God dang it, I forget her name, um, but she was in. She was at the, uh, fuck, I forget, I forget who her, who she was. But anyway, she had kits. She had these little packets that she would give um, certain guys that were flying people out to locations, and oh. so these pilots, um, they'd have these packets, and they were just big little envelopes and you just put them in your pack and i don't know there were probably 10 things on that checklist that she wanted and it was pretty cool like 30 hairs from the left front shoulder or something like that mm. and then um we got we, That's we all took specific a, yeah little <laughs> little little bit uh, a little chunk out of the kidney um we had to <laughs> we had to dig some some uh poo poo out of his butt we had to you know like stick a finger oh, up yeah. there and make sure we got a few pellets out. give him the squeeze yeah <laughs> yeah and uh but it was got to cool. give him a big bear hug and uh... yeah yeah and and the 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 packet um it was marked it was all taken care of and we just slid all this stuff into these little uh envelopes or plastic baggies or whatever whatever it was we needed to put it into and then shipped it off and when we got back to uh, the, the facility that was flying us out, we just handed it to the pilot and he said, yeah, I'll take it from here. Um, so that was cool. That was, you know, the science-based side of it. They're doing a study on mountain goats and we, they, they were just collecting data from anybody that could get their hands on a dead goat and pull the thing apart and, and uh, send some parts in. And that, you know, when you're part of that structure, that's cool. That's fun. Um, you really do feel like you're going a little bit above and beyond what most other people would do, but you're also, you're kind of getting to know the animal a little bit. I mean, you're, you're digging around totally. in guts and stuff. There's, there's no Absolutely. gutless method when you go in, got to go in and get parts of the kidney. Right. So it was, mm -hmm. it was interesting and it was fun to do. I think we had to take, we had to pack a whole back left leg from the, the first joint down to the hoof. Um, 
So it wasn't, you know, we were packing an extra five or six pounds of crap out when we when we came back out with them. Um, mm-hmm. But it was worth it, you know. I mean, you're you're helping the cause. You're doing what you're gonna do, and um, yeah, it was fun. So I, I I like doing that stuff. The compulsory checks, like you're talking about, though, um, Justin, the the um, they're they're critical, and it and it doesn't seem like it would be critical um, with the information that they collect. But it does every little bit of data. You'd be surprised the stuff that they can gather. And every little bit of data helps. And I, like you said, I do, I know people get kind of uh, worried about that information getting out about where they shot their, their billy. But quite frankly, um, you know, people are going to find those places anyway. And really, if you just kind of give a general idea of where it was, like you said, just a a, a landmark of some sort, like a peak or a lake or something like that, Ooh. that's good enough. And I know the biologists want you to be a little more detailed, but if you give them the name of the lake that you shot your billy off of or the name of the mountain that, that was kind of shadowing you when you shot where you shot your billy, that's good enough. They just want to know that they're looking at general regions, general ideas. Uh, or, or general spots, so that if they do see a problem, they can kind of generally uh, focus and, and say, okay, wait a second, what, what's going on with the genetics here? That's my understanding of what they're doing with some of those compulsory checks. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, sorry, I should have said inspection rather than check. Texas sounds like the side of the road one, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. My, my bad on the terminology there. No, you're okay. In, in BC not. here, Jason, you probably know, but every, every mountain goat that comes off the mountain has to go in for a compulsory inspection. And um, they take uh, they take all the measurements, obviously. They don't pull a tooth, but they take a piece of, they take some meat um, and then you, you, you show them where it all went down and the measurements. Mm-hmm. But nothing, like, nothing to the extent that you're talking about with hair and poop and legs and <laughs> yeah. that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm sure all that stuff would be yeah. sweet though. I'd carry that kit. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, that'd be nuts. Yeah. I already carry yeah. a ha- heavy enough pack up in the mountain. You might as well just throw. It right, there. right. It's, it's just yeah. Leave your spotting scope behind. You can carry the kit out with you, right? Yeah, you don't need it. You don't need it. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's always fun to help those biologists out, and um, I've learned that the more you help those folks out, and the more you stay in contact with them the easier it is for them to do their job and they appreciate what we do for them as hunters, which builds that relationship. But number two, mm-hmm. man, you can give those guys a call anytime you're stuck and say, Hey, I, where are the goats at? Or, you know, where, where yeah. are the deer at? Where are the elk at? Anytime you help a biologist and they know your name and they know you're helpful, they're always willing to share, you know, and, and, yeah uh it's that's invaluable relationship to have because if you can pick up the phone and call a biologist um they're worth their weight in gold i think i i think they do a great job and um, i agreed everywhere i think and i think i think bc is really spoiled uh with the quality and the level of biology that you guys have up there and uh some of the 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 firepower you have and the brain power that you guys have up in in your area um some really smart guys some really cool guys and some some uh, real, real far-thinking individuals. They're not there punching a clock. They're really worried about goats and sheep and everything else. So, 
it's cool to develop those relationships so it's the land of milk and honey up here jason i know i know i'm jealous (laughs) i see why you moved like half a world away chris Oh, dude. And a hemisphere. Yeah. At least I'm in the same time zone. Yeah. You jumped all kinds of borders, didn't you? Yeah. I'm, I'm like seven hours removed. Seven hours and one day removed from my family right now. So. Oh, man. That's that's yeah, a lot of work yeah. to stay in contact. I know it is. It is. My goodness. Jason, so I, where are you based out of? So I'm a, I'm a Reno, Nevada guy. I uh, born and raised in Kansas. So I'm a flatlander. Um, but moved out here what's with all uh, you mountain guys coming from the flatlands like all the big mountain guides out here they're all from ontario and oh yeah i know it's it's weird i and i'm i'm not i i i'm built to to throw big bales of hay i'm not built to walk up and down mountains so uh, (laughs) it's even it's even less understandable for a guy like me to to really fall in love with mountain hunting so um i'm not supposed to be up there with all you skinny guys but uh oh, yeah you, know, you should, that, you should you see what i'm this. cooking up over here right now <laughs> the COVID 19 pounder yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah at yeah. least <laughs> <laughs> good good you're keeping up with everybody else yeah right um, on but uh yeah so i'm in nevada desert guy um we've got mountain goats here believe it or not and we got uh, good desert sheep um we've got some tall mountains and we got some open desert and we got everything in between so uh, we get spoiled here. We get to kind of hunt a little bit of everything. Um, the mountain goats are you... mountain goats are cool. You know, the 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 they're in kind of one little isolated strip uh, stretched out over basically two mountain ranges in northeastern Nevada. Uh, they're a they're a product of a transplant from Washington back in the '60s or something like that. So, is that a huntable population or? Yeah, and and the tags are are really tough to get. Um, you know, I think they give out I forget the numbers, but either five or seven tags a year, and it's it's real slim pickings. I think I have I've been putting in for like twenty years for it, and there's you know there's no hope. But got to keep putting in. You know, you got to keep buying the lottery tickets. But, um, yeah, we don't do the we don't do the points up here in VC. So when I hear you guys yeah. talk about that, it just sort of blows my mind a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and every every state does it a little differently, and um, you know, there's there's different situations. Some states allow you to build points, like you know, and and Alaska, I I, I think they it's just kind of a keep putting in, and there's no real point system in Alaska. But um, down here in the lower forty eight. Every state's got a little bit different way that they do it, but we just build up points, and every year you put in and you don't draw, you get another point. Um, <clears throat> and each state kind of treats that a little differently. Uh, and, you know, it just multiplies the number of times your hat, or your name goes in the hat to, to draw that tag. So, um, but yeah, it's, you know, maybe, maybe one of these years I'll draw one, but uh, uh, if I do, I'll call you guys and make sure you come down because that's, we're, we're going oh, to the tables right after that. So, yeah. That would be so yeah, sweet. Yeah. So what, what dragged you from Kansas? Why'd you move out west? Oh, it was my old man. He was a college professor. Oh, yeah. yeah. And just um, flipped a coin. He, you know, it was either here or Kentucky. And yeah. uh, he moved out here to university and dragged us with him. And um, just kind of. Did just you hunt back home? In. You hunted back in Kansas? Not really. It was, a, you know, Kansas, um, it really blew up. You know, it was rabbits and 
quail and you know we we, we were we kind of did little bitty stuff like that but a lot of the big game and and especially like the turkey populations and all that stuff they didn't blow up until after i moved which i was kind of pissed but <laughs> now, yeah now now this year i go back uh two or three times a year um and and now it's now it's um a situation where i go back every year and uh hunt turkeys one time you know one once or twice a year and uh go try and shoot a whitetail out of a tree once a year and yeah got a bunch of family back there and a bunch of family property and all that stuff so um you got the best of both worlds by the sounds of things yeah kind of kind of spoiled a little bit but um still haven't figured out whitetails man they're they're rough they're they're tough to figure out you always, you gotta you always see big he ones gets after, he gets after the whitetails <laughs> oh yeah Wait, he lets big donkeys walk for, those, for no reason yeah i'm 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 a fool at times and i'll straight up admit it there are too many big deer i've let go that i've been like i know there's bigger and then i'm just like that was just a stupid stupid move see I'm, and it's I'm, always I, like I, I it's always when the direction i yeah oh <laughs> i constantly I, I, find myself yeah, like my, my... My, you go my problem is I yeah I was gonna say I, my my problem is, uh you know we'll get big giants on video and we'll get big giants mm. on camera, and we'll see them out and and we'll we'll see them out moving, and I'll get my ass in a tree and I I can't wait for that big one to come by, the first <laughs> decent one that walks by I'm putting an arrow in him. And, yeah. you know, th- then, you know, uh, a couple days later, I'll go out and get cameras or go check cameras or whatever. And that big guy's on the cameras, of course, if I'd have just <laughs> waited, <laughs> you know. But, uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm impatient when it comes to those things. So I'll probably I'm exactly the same. Thing. Yeah, you, you and Chris would get along great. You guys would yeah. clean through. You guys would, you know, I, I'd be sitting there and you guys be like, let's go home. I'm ready. I'm tagged out. <laughs> I'd be like, ah, there's, yeah. there's got to be a bigger one in here somewhere. <laughs> there have been, there have been years in Kansas where I've, I've caught the flight after work, gotten into, uh, I, I stay at my cousin's house and yeah. I'll roll in there about 2 a.m. And usually we have a couple of cocktails. And I'll get my stuff ready and I'll be in a tree by, you know, six, six AM and my deer will be down on the ground by seven thirty in the morning. I haven't even been in town for eight hours, right? And yeah, I'm just an idiot with that stuff. I can't let them walk. I see a big old bruiser and I just I I can't wait for a bigger one. And so there's there's been a few years where I've shot my deer within about ten hours, but then I got the whole week to drink and dink around oh, and see yeah. family and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, get the hunt out of the way early. That's exactly <laughs> yeah, what yeah, 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 yeah. That's too good. Yeah, Try I'm and work out a way to get a second tag for the second half of the hunting. There you go. Yeah, yeah. 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 Go fill the freezer a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I would definitely do it. Oh, that's bloody fantastic! So, yeah. all right, so you've come out from Kansas, not not crazy hunting. How have you? Weaseled your way into being the president of uh, RMGA. <laughs> Weasel's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, well, the the <laughs> no offense I, with that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, what happened is, well, you know, kind of going back. I just I got started bow hunting and um, didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't have a mentor. I, nobody taught me how to do it. I just made a ton of mistakes by myself and and kind of learned it the hard way. 
um, and just fell into some some good folks. Um, went to a few hunting shows just to see what stuff was about, and uh, made a few relationships along the way, and and maybe just happened to shake the hand of the right guy at the right time, and um, you know, and really started getting involved with and looking at conservation, and um, it sort of led me to. Here, the here and now, um, Pete Munich is the guy that started Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance. And along the way, uh, somehow, some way, he suckered me into uh, getting on the board. And I think, I'm, I, I think at that time, we had just started selling life memberships. So I'm like life member number 13 or something like that. Nice. Um, bought a life membership, got on the board. Um, and, and just kind of helped Pete through some, some stuff here and there. Uh, and then as we grew, it, it just, it became more and more a business. And, uh, it was it, before, you know, the, Pete's dream sort of was hatched out of, uh, like a need because they're such cool animals. Um, but the the vision was there and the direction was there and the idea was there. Pete had a really good idea of what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it. It just exploded. And little by little, Pete was doing the right things and kind of putting putting things in motion. And just recently, like probably in the last year and a half or so, um, people started recognizing that we were doing things a different way. Uh, we weren't just having, we weren't just collecting membership dues and having gatherings here and gatherings there and, and sending out a bi-weekly email. Uh, we were actually putting our money where our mouth was. We were sponsoring caller projects. We were organizing and working with federal and state agencies to do goat surveys and goat counts. Um, we were out, out there boot leather. I mean, and, and that's the thing I love about our membership. And that's why I wanted to get involved in this and, and get more engaged with our membership is because our membership's unique. And, you know, really there's two ways to give to conservation, either your time or your money. And these people are giving their money, obviously, by buying memberships, but they're donating a lot more time than other membership bases usually are because they're out there doing stuff. They're going on these goat counts. They're going up to, to help with surveys. They're doing, you know, relocation stuff. And, and we've got a really cool membership and a really active membership. And that's what I love about the organization. And it's, it's different and it's unique. And we're catching as we're gaining some momentum and, and catching some traction. Um, we're getting more and more, uh, recognition and, and we're getting noticed more by by people that typically don't really don't understand what conservation is about but when they look at our organization and what we do they get it and um, and we're catching the eye of some companies that you know traditionally are in the conservation space the hunting space but it's nice to hear from those guys and say, hey, you guys are doing it the right way. Keep it up. Don't change. Do what you guys are doing. Um, and we'll help you out along the way. And, and those companies are really, really 
appreciate it too. So that's really when, what when did landed Pete start me here. The, when did Pete start the Go to Alliance? It's only it was, four or five years old, right? No, it was uh, 2014, I think, is when our charter stuff was initially. Okay. Like that's If you go back and look at, at the original organization documents, I think it was 2014 or something like that when everything officially was implemented. Um, so, but by those standards, we're a pretty young organization. Yeah. Um, and, and so the growth that we're seeing right now, some people would say, oh, geez, well, what took you so long? And, and other people are saying, wow, you guys are, you guys are only seven years old. Geez, you guys are, you know, you're, you're knocking the socks off of it. So um, depends on a perspective, you know, we're, we're, we're not wild sheep foundation or uh, Rocky mountain elk foundation big. Um, but we've got some traction and, and things are looking good. You know, we're, we're, we're headed in the right direction and everything's click along for us pretty good. For seven years in, I think you're doing a fantastic job. Yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. And, and we've got, you know, we've got, um, some, we've got some growing pains that we're going through now. Um, we've got a fantastic engaged board. Um, we've got. Uh, a lot of different irons in the fire. Um, we're we're actively working on and we're and we're putting together our first online auction because we've had oh, so wicked. many sponsors and so many supporters show up um, and and donate stuff for us to to put out to auction. Our auction right now we're slated to to go from March twenty first through March 26th, I think it is. Um, and it's an online auction, and this is the first one we've done. We're, we're not doing it at a convention or anything like that. We're just gonna kind of hold our breath and, and let her rip and see where, it, see where the chips fall, and, and hopefully things oh. shake out okay for us. Um, is the, so that's is our the first information auction. for that available already? It is. It's on the RMGA website, goatalliance.org. Um, the information will be trickling out. You'll see it on our Instagram and Facebook pages coming out. I think all our final stuff is due like March 1st to the auction website. Um, we're trickling out all the stuff right now, uh, to kind of put everything together. Um, but the auction, we just, we just said, screw it. Let's do it. March 21st through the 26th, I think and get everything lined up and ready to go and and uh we'll see how it goes you know we got some really cool stuff we got some rifles custom-made rifles we got a bunch of glass to give away um uh yeah we've had really cool sponsorship support on this stuff and putting together the packages has been really fun so awesome um, yeah so that's a that's our our next big event um and then some of the some of the other things we're working on uh, regional representatives, you know, we're trying to kind of break goat habitat up into regions and we're, mm -hmm. we're looking at getting regional representatives for those, um, to sort of give an even more local flavor to some of our projects and get, get more involved locally. So Jason Peak in Nevada isn't looking at a goat survey in South Dakota we've got a South Dakota regional representative that can work with the local biologists there to give them what they need and then report back. So that's going to be cool. That's something that we're pushing mm -hmm. through and, and we're wanting local representatives, local folks to, 
to apply for regional representative uh, positions with us um, so they can kind of be our our local folks not necessarily a chapter type thing but just a regional representative to to keep a heads up and provide us with information with with go projects that we'd be able to get involved with so that's on the horizon um, we're talking about doing scholarships for for biologists um, maybe putting a little bit of money towards uh, goat research and goat biology and and trying to figure out uh, a way an application system to um, have students apply to us for grants or for money to help fund their uh, uh, research uh, through uh, universities or, or you know federal programs or whatever so we can help supplement that we're starting to work on that kind of stuff which is cool I, I think that's you know that's any actually of those guys unreal. That, like nobody's yeah. doing that yeah and, and it's you know there there are some endowments there are some funds that are set up out there and they're usually uh, a family that will that will set up an endowment or some sort of a scholarship fund um, that a conservation organization will will organize and they'll manage um, and but we're trying to do that because there are uh, plenty of folks out there, plenty of biologists that want to do some research on goats. They just don't have the, uh, or they could use a little bit of, you know, either they don't have the funding or they could use a little bit of extra funding to, to help them put them over, push them over the hump, so to speak. And, um, yeah, we're wanting to do stuff like that and uh, help the students out, you know. And then we've got um, our, you know, our conservation committee, like I was saying earlier, the conservation yeah, committee. Yeah, I'm just looking at my notes. Like, I'm, I'm really excited to hear about this. So, yeah, tell me, so we've tell got, me everything we've, conservation committee. Yeah, the conservation committee, I have always said, is the lifeblood of our organization. Because without those guys, um, and they're made up of some of the best uh, biologists, wildlife biologists that focus on mountain ungulates that, that are out there. And like I, you know, up in BC where you guys are, that uh, uh, Bill Jacks, um, one of the best guys I know, and one of the kindest gentlemen. He'll give you all the time in the world, and he loves to talk about this stuff, and he can connect things that that will blow you away. He's he's just a, a good guy, and he's real conversant, and he's knowledgeable. And he can put his finger on things and he can bring things all together and he can explain things um, in a way, especially about goats, that, that just, it, it, he's just captivating. And he, he's a neat guy, but he's one of the smartest guys I've ever talked to about this stuff. And, and you can learn more from Bill Jackson in 10 minutes than, like I said, guys like me and you could sit down and, and talk to other people for, for hours and hours and hours on end and not learn as much as you could from Bill in about 10 minutes. He's, he's just a, a neat guy. And so we've got Bill on our committee. We've got Kevin Hurley. We've got the two Steves. Um, we've, we've got, you know, we, we've got a really good solid uh, conservation committee as far as biology is concerned. Um, right. And I, they were talking. They've, <laughs> they've got, um, I don't know, so, some ungodly number, like 200 years worth of biology under their belt. <laughs> and, and Kevin Hurley's got over half of that. So oh, they, yeah. they give him they give him a bunch that of crap guy. about it, and he and he's a good guy. He's 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 a great guy. Um, he knows a lot. He he knows he's forgotten more about sheep and goats than I'll ever know. 
but uh, right. just a, just yeah, we've got such horsepower on our conservation committee, and what we do is we just give them the reins, and everything that we do as a board and everything that we do as an organization is to support them and let them run and give them as much resource as we can so that they can sit down and and there's they're getting to the point where um they're they're creating sort of a system to to analyze the projects and and try to determine what we should get involved in and how much of our resource we should devote to certain projects because our organization is getting so popular to the point where we're getting more requests than we can manage. Yeah. And what, what those guys are doing is they are figuring out what we should be getting involved with and to what extent. And everybody, are, we're trying to put together sort of a, a, a system where the conservation committee can just analyze certain projects and, and you know, what, what, what's, what, what's the potential benefit going to come out of it? How the greater good of the goats, what's it going to do? How's it going to serve goats in general? Um, and then the expenditures and, and just go through and make sure we're spending our money wisely. And so that's what the conservation committee is all about. And, and those guys, um, they work hard. They, they get, zero credit for what they're doing they're just doing it because they love it um and it's it's fun and it's probably not one of those jobs that they're doing project by project these guys are probably constantly communicating back and forth all day every day and and Yeah. yeah and that's the beauty is i can send out an email to any one of them and they'll fire right back because they love their job they it it's not a job you can tell um and you get them going and you can't shut them up. My God, I don't know how many of those <laughs> conservation guys just get going and they just talk and talk and talk. But they are. They're knowledgeable and they're great and we're lucky to have them. So really the conservation committee, all that stuff that we're doing, the auction, the regional representatives, the projects that we're involved in, all that stuff is to help those guys on the conservation committee do their job and yeah. tell us where to spend our money. Because... Um, you know, we're, we're not a big, high overhead conservation organization. Um, we don't have a ton of paid employees. We, we don't pay a, a president a, a bunch of money to, to sort of be the face of the organization. Um, yeah. We've got a, a bare bone. We have two employees. One of them runs our membership, and the other one runs our sponsorship stuff. And that's it. We, we, we aren't a big... Um, line item company where we're throwing out all kinds of expenses and stuff at, at salaries and all that. Um, well, who paid so, for those? Um, what are those gold 24 karat gold RMGA earrings you wear and who paid? For right, those? right. My cufflinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no they're kidding. a gift. All right. They were a gift. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were a donation. <laughs> Justin they're didn't actually tell a raffle you. item. Bought yeah, by Jason Peake. That's, that was the payment from behind the the glass to uh, appear on your podcast. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Don't so. get them checked for purity. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But uh, when you melt oh, them those... down, they probably won't turn out what you thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, so you got yeah, you guys are you guys are really kicking ass. Like you really are. It, it stands out. What 
you guys are doing. I mean, yeah, thanks. Yeah, uh, even just from like from an outsider perspective, just on like the the shallow face value, if you didn't even dig deep enough, but just looking at uh the Instagram profile and you see goats in slings hanging from helicopters, like yeah, you know, isn't that, that one cool? picture just I mean, speaks <laughs> a million words. Uh, yeah, it's uh, some of that stuff. The the stuff they can pull off and. If you've ever been on a goat capture, it's it's pretty intriguing. You know, it's, it's I am not. I, want to I would love to yeah. be on one of those. Yeah. So those, I'd ask those... if I could do it with my bare hands, though. You know, like I love the right. nap. But am I allowed right. to jump out of there? <laughs> well, there's a there's a protocol. You can't teach him treat him like your high school girlfriend, there, Justin. You gotta be <laughs> nice. To him. You gotta, yeah, you gotta uh, you gotta be gentle with him. So, but yeah, um, yeah, okay. yeah. If you guys get a chance, go on a relocation because that's it, it. It's amazing that you know there's a whole protocol to it. You know the, the yeah. Uh, they don't imagine. they don't let you just run up and bulldog them and wrestle them to the ground and tie them up and throw them in a helicopter but um there's a lot of stuff you know the the quietly getting them captured getting them getting them uh basketed up and and off and and uh letting the biologist you know uh keeping them calm while the biologist kind of does their thing and um yeah it's it's quite an operation and and it's so smooth and and so so uh, slick the way those things are run. You'll be impressed. Yeah, that'd be yeah so I would, I'd, I'd give my left arm to go and do that. That would be unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're I, cool. I think they're I think everybody up here in BC would also do the same. So the the sure. line is pretty long. Yeah, like one well, thing. I, uh, yeah. On 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 just quickly on the uh, when uh, Chris was talking about the um, Instagram page, it's like I I something you guys do so well is incorporate. Um something that fits for anyone in North America that would be interested in goats, right? Like for instance, uh, goat, uh, specification, like, what is it? Identify, identify, is this a male or female? Like that is like every single person deals with that. Right. Yeah. And I think you guys are really good at fitting like a broad range rather than just talking very specific. Um, is like so nice to be able to like you, every single person with me engage with that. And it goes a long ways. It goes a very long way. So I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. The, uh, uh, so Darren Epp, he's, he's on the board. Uh, yeah. he's our fluff guy, right? He's the guy that's in charge. That's of what he called their... himself last night. Yeah, he texted he's... me from that Instagram page and I said, you I... need to come on Darren. He said, I'm a fluffer. I, I keep telling him. <laughs> yeah. I keep telling him that's like from the, the porn industry, man. You can't use that yeah. term fluff guy. You got to find a new term. <laughs> oh, he knows what it means. He, wa- yeah. he wants it to mean that. I think so. I think so weirdo but no he's a he's a good guy and what he does is he puts together those you know he he goes out and goes winter camping and does all kinds of you know, takes great pictures and all that stuff but he puts together those billy or nanny quizzes and one of the things that that really early on in our organization we had that um identification video put together you know the the criteria mm-hmm. that you yep. look for from top down on how to how to figure out if the animal that you're looking at is a billy or a nanny and and we'll get into that the goat identification stuff um but early on that that was a big push for us because it's it's so hard on populations if you kill a nanny over a billy but um the the thing that darren does best is <laughs> i i think he takes he he tries to take pictures of of 
animals in in compromising positions to to kind of challenge you to see if you can tell if this is a nanny or a billy um and that that is that's one of the focus points of our instagram account is that nanny or billy quiz and you'll be surprised right. yeah and sometimes he he gets 50% nanny answers and 50% billy answers and when i see those posts that that to me shows that we're doing our job to a certain extent because we're challenging people to really look at the photo and try to figure out from the top down what these what this is is it a nanny or is it a billy and if you get people going back and forth that means Darren took one hell of a picture and you can't tell what yeah. it is but it also means that People are paying attention. If they're get, even if they're getting it wrong, they're at least trying. They're they're looking. They're trying. Yep. And if they follow up and they read what you know what it was and why, they'll figure it out. You know, and and they'll start looking for stuff. And um, we we had one about a month ago. It was awesome. Um, and and you can find it. Um, it's it's really obvious from the picture. Um. Cause you can see the goat's vagina. I mean, it's, it's got an <laughs> ass, but yeah. people were, people were looking at horns. They were looking at humps. They were looking at, <laughs> you know, all this other stuff when the, the most telling organ is right there, it was, you know, it was flapping in the wind, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, so sometimes people overthink it, you know, sometimes the answer is so obvious you miss it. But um, it's it's yeah. I, I probably I like that component of our site. I'm trying to find yeah. it. Yeah, I'm getting distracted. I shouldn't. Be I probably that. clicked Billy. I'll be honest. I probably was one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, again, yeah. you're, you're you're treating treating him like your uh, high school girlfriend, right, Justin? Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. There <laughs> you go. Not sure what it was. <laughs> Not sure what it was. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh man. But, uh, well, I, I appreciate those a lot. Those are, those are so awesome. You know what? And those, it's so nice with those quizzes. Cause like, like you make a guess it's one or the other. It's not, you know, like four different yeah. options. It's like, yeah. this is a Billy or this is a nanny. And yeah. like, you got to distinguish from there. And then from that, from that point on, you can get into, you know, like classification for like how old and mature, if it is mature and Mm -hmm. things like that and that'd be really i would love to hear about that too personally i think that would be really cool to be able to i know obviously with sheep you know counting annuli and all this different stuff and you're looking at them for a long time and are they groomed and you get all these different indications but for a goat you know i have these smaller horns and how to identify like something that's <laughs> mature and old um you know especially for someone who's carrying uh takes his wants to take as much care as possible and taking an old mature billy or something like that uh if they got you know two weeks to do it or a month in our case usually our draws are for a full month um you know then in that case uh, that's where something like that would come in in hand big time to be able to identify something that might make something a little bit of an older one you know you see those super nannies you know like those matriarchs um and that's super, that is so cool. I would, oh man, we could talk for hours on all sorts of stuff, but I guess we should just keep it, keep it bare bones. I, oh, I told good. you, I, I told Chris, I said, this, this could be an all day podcast. Cause you just, you <laughs> yeah, just get out the room. We're going into the weekend. About... We just got to sign off before Monday. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. 
that you can go down so many rabbit trails with these dang yeah. animals. They're just so cool. Totally. And, and there's so much about them. But uh, yeah, you're right. And, and, you know, you get back to the identification and, you know, gender identification issues um, and start counting rings on them. I, I can guarantee you there's not a spotting scope in the world that's going to be able to help you count rings on a, on a goat and be able to accurately identify if it's an eight-year-old yeah. or a 10-year-old. I mean, they're just, totally. yeah, they, they, yeah, they're, they're a lot different. You're at that point, you're just looking at some characteristics, you know, trying to figure out with all that hair and everything too. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's hard to age a Billy on the hoof and some of those super nannies, you're right. Um, we, we, uh, Adam and I ran into Adam Foss and I ran into a super nanny when we were, uh, uh, hunting in BC two years ago, and man, we were trying to, we were trying to put balls on her. She was just, she was big. She was all alone. She was up by herself, nowhere. She was oh in the God. tallest tower you could think of, and um, yeah, she was a. She we figured out she was a super nanny because it was. But they get big, right? And when you see them by themselves, yeah. you got nothing else to compare. It's really yeah, hard to totally. to talk yourself out of that being a Billy, but. The characteristics you got to be careful with that stuff, and and those super nannies can start looking like small billies pretty quick. Yep, definitely. And the identification thing's such a big deal, you know. And I I know we'll get into it later. Um, but one of the one of the questions one of your uh, folks, one of your followers, sent in was um, something along the lines of, you know, what what can hunters do? Um, yep. To 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 help with conservation of mountain goats. And I, I, I got to say, it keeps coming back for me when I saw that question. The answer that keeps coming back for me is be able to identify the sex of, of a nanny versus a billy. Because if you do nothing else as a hunter, if you can figure out the difference between the two, you're saving generations of goats, right? Um, yep. You go up and, and not a lot of people know this, and it's a biology thing, but, um, you know, nannies only have kids once every two and a half years or so, you know, plus or minus a little bit. But they don't crank out kids every year. They're not like deer. They're not like elk, you know, and they don't have they don't have reproductive cycles like a lot of other ungulates do. So um, when you pick off a nanny. and that that nanny is about to come in you you're you're removing a kid that filled a pretty good gap in there and and that nanny she's vital for those future generations because she's cranking out a kid every two and a half years or so you just removed her from the 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 breeding pool if you'd have just shot that billy and left that nanny She's going to keep on going, right? So it's more critical to leave the nannies up there. And so one, that question, when it came up, it just it hit me right in the face like a two by four. The best thing hunters can do is figure out the identification. And, and we've got it on our website. We've got a great video, and there's all kinds of information yeah. out there on how to figure out um, what they, you know, what, if it's a billy or a nanny. Um, that's got to be the biggest thing, I think, as a hunter, if you're doing nothing more. If you're not joining organizations, you're not putting in the boot leather, you're not donating your time or your money or whatever, 
if you do nothing else other than know what the hell is a billy and what the hell is a nanny when you're up there hunting, that that's the best thing you can do. Yeah, you guys have a great video. Awesome. That was what I turned to right off the bat. You know, I thought that was a fantastic video, especially giving different scenarios and stuff like that, you know, different angles and whatnot. I thought it was phenomenal. So uh, anyone that's listening should definitely tune into that. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, and a lot of hard work went into that. It's been around for a while, um, but we 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 get more traction with that video um, from the education side than anything else. But it but it is it's it's still such a great tool to use, um, and there's such small differences between how, you know what what a Billy looks like standing alone and what a nanny looks like standing alone. Um, it really is hard and the more information you have and, and just educating people that, Hey, guess what? Nannies have horns too. Um, <laughs> that went a long way, you know, like, Oh my gosh, there's more to them than just horns. Oh crap. Yeah. So. And then the, am I, the nannies don't come, they, they're not able to reproduce until a certain age, right? I, yeah, like they're they, quite they, old before they reproduce. That, yeah, there's a there there's definitely some maturity that has to occur there, um, and they they and then having the distance between the the time between when they can you know when when they have their kid cut the kid loose and come back in for reproduction, um, that that gets really complicated, and if you got a nanny that's you know even an old nanny that's making it to 12 years old, you know, those ancient old ladies, they're dry, you know, so, so really nanny's got a a pretty small window, relatively speaking. Um, and, and they're not, you know, they're not cranking out a kid every year. So not only do they have a shorter window, but they're, they're just not at the same. They've got a shelf life too. Yeah, Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, it's really, it's, it's really important. I think that again, getting back to it, that question about what can hunters do for goat conservation? That's, that's the biggest thing is just don't shoot a nanny, figure out what you're shooting and, and take out the billies and leave the nannies behind with the kids. Yeah. It's interesting. The, uh, like for them not having kids, you know, near as much or for instance, that was it getting into it two and a half years. I think you were saying there, Chris, um, you know, the, it must be because they just don't have as much predators. You know, they're up in the tops of the mountains. You know, they're, if they have a kid, they actually will probably, it has a much better chance at survival. Do we know, like, is, is there any studies or something for, like, mortalities on a kid? I'm sure there is. Yeah, um, there's, and, the and it's, it, is. yeah there's, a, there's a ton of variables that go into that stuff. Um, you know, the, the yeah, kids, sure. actually, actually, those little jerks, those kids, they're, pretty cool they they you know within they're on their feet pretty quick and you know there's there's information out there that says that a kid is on its feet within 10 minutes of being born i don't know if that's true i've never seen a kid born and i've never seen them jump on their feet in 10 minutes but wow yeah you see those little yeah those little kids running around um and they're pretty you know they're pretty resilient and if, if if you watch nannies uh nannies are are pretty protective and pretty you know they're territorial they're really good moms um 
maybe a muskox mom is a little bit better just because she's got the crowd to help her out but i don't know the 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 nannies they're pretty good moms so um when they're given the chance to be a mom they they really are good moms they're they're great they're they're great at taking care of their kids um so as far as mortality stuff and and you're right justin the 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 beauty of mountain goats is you know, you, you have predators, then you have timber, then you have a few more predators, then you got sheep, and then you got more, you know, th then you got like the rocks, and then you got goats above the rocks, right? Yeah. They, they get above those, they get so far above those predators um, that they really don't have a, a real consistent, true, natural predator in a sense that like, uh, you know, mountain lions kill deer or wolves take down elk. Um, sure, they're susceptible to those animals in the right situations, but, you know, for, for the terrain they live in, uh, they're in some of the nastiest terrain, and they're so high, and they're so adept at moving around in that terrain. Um, you know, I, 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 I think on uh, a, a few, a couple of conversations I've had with some of these biologists, um, some of them will tell you that eagles are actually the, the, a, a bigger threat to uh, mountain goats wow. than, than any wolf or a, a mountain lion or anything like that. Would be. Really? Wow, that's the crazy. Eagles that's the second time I've heard that, actually. Yeah, the they'll, they'll, eagles, kids right? will, they'll just grab kids and, 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 and knock them off a cliff. Um, and actually, Bill Jex has got a pretty good story about that, how... Oh man. Uh so <laughs> don't tell me he saw it cuz then no, I'm just going to be more no, jealous no, no. of this guy, you know? No, like I'm already no, jealous no, no, of him no. enough. <laughs> no, he's he's uh he he connects somehow he's the only guy I know that can ever connect commercial fishing with mountain goat uh, depredation. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how he did it. But he, yeah, there's a there's a study that he was citing that because some fishermen had to go dump chum further off the coast, the eagles didn't get to eat the the junk that fishermen leave behind, so they went up into the mountains and killed mountain goats instead. It yeah, it's oh it's God. the craziest thing, but um, that's the connection, right? It's it, 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 Mother Nature just has her cruel ways. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I again back to your point, Justin. Not, uh, they don't have real true predators in the sense that a lot of other game animals do. Um, they're just yeah, up there so high and they live in some weird spots and, and, um, you know, their, their biggest threat, um, that's, you know, not predator based, but, um, their biggest threat really, they, they really don't cross swords with predators all that much. So something for like a mortality thing is, would it be like more feed would be something that would end up, you know, if there was a decline in something, would it be a little more uh, feed based? Like, I don't know, the not proper lichen, like for goodness sake, they're grinding their teeth on rocks all day long. Like, if, man, I've got to do a toll if, on something. Yeah, yeah. If you're talking about, um, you know, just what, what's going to cause more deaths than anything, um, yeah. you'll, you'll see in some areas it is, it's really area specific, but in some areas you've got avalanches will, will mow out 
more mountain goats than than anything else. Um, that would be the greatest threat. Yeah, yeah. Just avalanches are taking out more mountain goats. Um, and then you know, <laughs> uh, the the U.S. Fish and Wildlife is a big predator, and and they're a giant threat, right? Because they're yeah. they're willing to kill off tons of mountain goats in Olympic National Park and move them out yeah. of Grand Tetons and all that stuff. So that that's those populations are threatened by by our good old Uncle Sam. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and then you've got, um, you know, you, you've got them in situations where it's, it's, it's just humans moving in and, you know, kind of pushing them out. Um, another, another issue that, that we're sort of grappling with, which is a tough political issue that some of us got to deal with, um, is where mountain goats are pretty thrifty. And they can thrive in a lot of different, they're hardy. And they can thrive in a lot of different situations. They'll push out, if, if they're introduced in places, they'll push out other ungulate populations, you know. Um, so that's, that's kind of a, it, that could lead to a threat. Because that's kind of the situation that we got in Olympic National Park. Is you've got them in there, they were introduced. Now people are upset because they were introduced. They're not, quote, native. And so they want to move from, they, they want to kill them. You know, they want to get them out of there. And removing them by, by relocation means just isn't, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's doable, but you're not going to get everyone out of there. So they're going in and wiping them out. That's brutal. Yeah. Uh, what about disease, situation. Jason? Is that... <clears throat> Is there a disease portion? You know, like, there, is there there's a disease threat to these things. It's you know you 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 talk about you know deer with with uh, uh, the CWD. CWD and you know you you have that uh, you got in sheep you got that movi stuff that's that's really nasty that pneumonia. Um, goats they're they're pretty hardy. I know there are a couple of. Uh, and I can't think of it. I, I'm I'm drawing a blank on it right now. But but I know there's kind of a COVID type thing that they can catch. You know, it's a, there's a virus or something like that that they can catch um, that can run through them. And we had a, a bout of it in uh, our population here in Nevada. Gosh, it's probably been five or six years ago. Um, but yeah, they but but it's not as it's not as devastating as I understand it, or it just hasn't been studied as much as CWD and Moby and stuff like that. Right. So I, it, it, you know, there's, there are some, I think every wild animal is susceptible to that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's always going to be something that can kind of catch them that mother nature throws at them. But for the most part, I think, I, I think goats are pretty hardy animals. Um, and and so they, to they get just don't get to get oddly specific, and I know you're not the biologist, and you don't have to be accurate in your answer at all. That's good. Um, thanks for the thanks for the letter. No, no, you don't. Like you can you can say whatever you want. <laughs> Nobody fact checks here. Um, like where I live right here, Chilliwack, there's mountain goats. Um, and w w I believe Grizz and Jeff have already spoken to you about the count that they're putting together. Yep. Um. 
but the population's going down. Like it's, not, you know, it's common knowledge that the population's going down. Is that like what? What are the most common causes? Like why is that happening? Is it because humans are in the backcountry further and more and destroying habitat, or is it um, like, you know, what 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 is causing those goats that goat population to decline? I I think there's I I think there's some folks that have their ideas on what's going on. Yeah. And I Let's think speculate really, night away. Yeah, Let's do it. Yeah. And and I think some really smart people are hard at work at trying to kind of figure that out. And right. I don't think I I from what I understand, I don't think there's any disease issues that are hanging out there. Um that that are running through goat populations in in certain BC areas. Mm-hmm. Um I I do know that um there is some human influence and and maybe some pushing out of some certain stuff. Um I don't know if there's any predator issues, but like I said, it there's such a weird chain reaction that can happen that people don't put together right away. It it could be something as simple as you know the the commercial fishermen they aren't dumping all their stuff out there for the eagles to eat so the eagles are coming up to eat goats instead you know knock them off cliffs and it it could be something like that and i honestly i don't yeah. i i i i haven't heard anything about the disease stuff that's ripping through that um there, i'm not there, saying there is a disease there, i'm just curious yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah like what's the yeah what's the biggest yeah. threat that's a really good question that justin came yeah, up with and, yeah and and it like, could I'm, be it could be huntable population. You know, it could be overestimates on numbers that drove some quotas that maybe those overestimations led to um, um, some, some more kills by, by hunters. Um, that's usually, that's unlikely. Um, yeah. and, and the other answer that could be possible is of the quota that people, that, that certain areas are given, and huntable populations, they're just too many nannies that are getting taken out of that area. And so you're not yeah, seeing the, that population replenished. There, there could be a bunch of answers, you know, that, that yeah. uh, this, this exponentially area, this more is, nannies getting killed than billies. Yeah, this, this area is uh, like no, no draw, no hunting in there. It's just one of those areas that we're like, hey, like we see goats in there. So Jeff and I were kind of like, Let's put a count together. Let's see what let's see what's on there, you know. And I know uh, more so. It's just gonna say what's there. I don't even I don't even know if there's actually been a count in there yet. But we're gonna get a count, and we actually have quite a few people already like very intrigued with this and want to join in, which is awesome. Um, and I think I think Jeff was on with um, Lee McDonald and Derek. Uh, sorry, Darren, right? Darren at. Um, yeah, just yeah. on a Zoom call not too long ago about this. Anyways, they they're kind of we're kind of gonna get the nuts and bolts, and if it means we got to do it, um, I think actually, Chris, you were mentioning that it might have to be a multi year, right? Like, and that makes sense. You know, check next year, do the same count, same time, um, and see what kind of kids are coming up, and is is it growing? Is it not? Is there? A, uh, I'm so curious, and we're we're planning to do it in the end of June, so. Hopefully we get some, you know, get a good kid count too. And 
I'll be honest. If I see a golden eagle take a kid, I'm gonna <laughs> lose my shit. <laughs> I'm gonna lose yeah. my shit. I, mean, I will video it, and it might be choppy, and it's gonna become a Sasquatch video, and that's cool with yeah. me. Then you're gonna <laughs> you know? kill an eagle and mount it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll know what I saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's. I mean you're going to be surprised what you see when you get back there. Right. And, and it could be a mm-hmm. number of things. If it's a, if it's a no draw zone where it's just kind of, you know, anybody can run back there and shoot one or not shoot one or whatever. Yeah. yeah it's um, a non, not hunted population. Hasn't been yeah, hunted since yeah. the eighties. Yeah. And it, it, you know, in, in those situations, you might be surprised what you find. You never know. Totally. Um, I, I, I was lucky enough to go hunt an area that hadn't been hunted in 25 years. And when we got back there. That's just marketing by the guides. You know that, right? No, no, it's not. No, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 Chris, the, pulling, pulling, pulling knots all over, making them tighter. Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> shitty, the shitty conditions we had to go through. There's nobody really? stupid enough to go through that. So <laughs> was we, that here we, in BC or where was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> He's uh, like, yeah, yeah, it was. Oh. It sucked. It was terrible, and and it took everything I could could muster up to to have the mental toughness to get through that one. But oh, that's we good. we went back into an area, and even the outfitter said, "Would you see? Would you see? You know, yeah. he had, he could fly it, but." You know, you only see so much even from flying. Yeah, um, yeah. But we saw some really good billies, and you guys might be surprised what what you find. You get back there, you might find ten inch billies standing behind every damn rock. You know, you you just yeah, never. You know, know. And that there's, be... there's some good billies back there. Like I spend as much time as I can up there looking at those goats, and there's a couple mm-hmm. solo billies up there that. Yeah, they'd be wall hangers if you're uh, hunting up there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited just to get in there, see see what this is, and you know, I this isn't even to change for a something to be, you know, become huntable. That don't get me wrong, like would I be against that? Absolutely not. Be all about it, but you know, it's just something. It's like you get passionate about an animal, and that I am in love with goats. The first time I saw it, like, is you're you're so right. Everyone knows the first time they saw a goat, you know that big white thing up in the middle of nowhere and you're like thinking it's a snow patch and it's moving you know like blows your mind and then you're and then you work your ass off to get to the top of that mountain and you're like these guys live up here year-round are you kidding me yeah like how do you not love an animal like that if there's something like if someone's about mental fortitude and whatnot like these animals are scraping their teeth on rocks to get lichen they're deciding like yeah I don't, I don't care about predators that much. And I'm going to live up here. And if it drops to minus 40, 50, whatever, hey, I'll figure it out. You know, like, yeah. how can you not love an animal like that? How can you yeah. not, yeah. like, just get pumped? So I'm yeah. super excited to get back there and just, like, see, what, see what's back there. See what's, let's, let's find out, you know. And I, I wouldn't bring it. I would love to be able to bring that to the table and just be able to have something on and that's where, like, so it, it fall, this kind of, like, segues into, like, I'm really curious about, like, uh, citizens science, you know, like, uh, or what do they call it? Yeah, I think it's called citizen science, right? Yep. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, like, how does that play in with you guys? So if people are sending in, like, 
you know, there's that awesome app that uh, we're able to send in the identification and where it is and, you know, be able to put something, you know, some data into something. How does that play into, uh, for you guys at uh, RMGA and like say the biologists in the area or anything like that? How does that work? So, so the, the app that was developed comes from you guys up in BC right? And it was developed to help track certain animals in certain situations. But the application of it is endless. And right now it's just localized to, to you guys are the lucky ones that have it. Mm, and the, okay. the whole citizen scientist initiative, um, it, it, it's got such giant growth potential. Because if if I want to go, we've got mountain goats here in Nevada, and they're in an area where I can go up an archery hunt right next to them in August when they still have that tennis ball look, right? They got that short, fuzzy hair, and they just they kind of look stupid. They look like they've got a brand new haircut going into the military. Yeah. They just look terrible. But I can go up there and I can I can hunt. And and or or go up and fish or whatever up where they are any time of year, and if I see them, I could get on my my app and I could say, you know what, I saw six nannies and two kids, and you can pinpoint them, and you can drop that information to whatever whatever organization or whatever state or federal agency wants to access that information. They can use that to to help facilitate whatever work they're doing for that particular species, right? And it's not just for goats. It's not just for sheep. It's got countless applications. And it, that's that's what's really cool is out of this w one little app and this one little citizen scientist initiative, there's... there's an incredible amount of information that can be gathered. So it can be opened up to, uh, you know, anywhere in the world, basically. And, and so if I'm, if, if I'm hunting desert sheep in Mexico, or if I'm hunting doll sheep up in the Northwest Territories or whatever, I could get on that app and just download, you know, I could mark where I am and what I saw and then move on my way. And then everything kind of gets dumped down and collected by this database and whoever wants access to it to use it for whatever purposes they need to use it for it's there and so as part of that citizen scientist initiative it's it's just it's there's so much i don't i don't think this the surface has even been scratched to yeah, to, to realize the benefits that come out of that now it can you know like everything that's good it can be taken advantage of and, and you know, there, there's going to be some jerk out there that wants to try to access that information for their own ulterior motives and, and their nefarious purposes. But for the most part, it's just, it's, it's such a cool idea and it's, it's homegrown right there where you guys are and it's starting to gain some, some traction. And yep. more and more people are dumping information down and more and more people are learning about it. Um, you guys are the first people that I've talked to that asked me about it. 
you know i mean most of the time it's me telling people about it but yeah. it, the, the fact that you guys already know about it and you're asking questions about it that that's it just shows that it's growing it's it's starting to take hold and and starting to move forward so that's what's cool that gave me that that gave me chills actually when you asked good. that you said that yeah that's yeah. sweet that's good get you fired up so yeah. have you have you done a uh, your fair share of goat hunting then Jason? I mean, you sound like you're hunting up here in BC a bunch, so Oh, you guys, yeah, it's it's uh I just one of the one of the best guys I know lives up that way and I've just been dragged into to too many hunts up in BC. Um, <laughs> too not many. enough, not enough, it's, not too many, not right, enough. Yeah, it's it's never enough, right? Um so I I yeah, I I my first hunt, oh gosh, it was a long time ago. Uh, went moose hunting up in northeast BC, okay. and it I was I was in that timber that kind of rolling timber crap, mm-hmm. and bunch of wolves and all kinds of crap. But it was fun. It was cool, and the people were great. Uh, the the hunting was so so. It was it was uh, really rough. The wolf population had really really crushed everything that was in through there. But I kind of got a feel for how you guys do things and so then the the mountain hunting stuff just kind of translated to oh shit there's a whole other side of bc on the other side of of the province that seems like it's kind of cool so um that got me hooked in and then um uh, through through just you know friends and meeting people and keeping you know developing relationships and stuff um, have had a few opportunities to get up your guys' way. And um, the the mountain goat hunting up there, I think in in BC, it's it's kind of the mecca, right? I mean, it's you know there there's gonna be <laughs> um, that's what's great about our conservation committee is we got Alaska guys and we got BC guys, so they hammer each yeah, other on great. what's got better goats and all that stuff. but um really really for me it's it's more about um bc is just you know it's to me it's always going to be the province it's always going to be the place that has the best mountain goat hunting and you guys got stone sheep and and that's all i need to worry about and we got the the work i will admit yeah and and the mountain goat hunting is just to get into some of those spots and and kind of get up where they are and see them and and figure out that you're kind of in their house you know they're they they weren't planted here they were they were meant to be here um you know that's cool that's what's neat they they were some of those places that they end up some of the places that i've been lucky enough to go to uh, you can tell I'm fumbling through it right now. I, I you yeah, just I can just see you rolling through yeah. the memories in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just yeah, the, it, you, it, and I can't find the words. I wish I could. I'm not a wordsmith anyway, but man, I just anybody I, that's been mountain goat hunting knows what you're trying to say. It's, yeah, uh, it's yeah. Something and, special. And it's it's you know that that's a good point. I had a kid today, a 27 year old kid today, call me. Um, he lives in Pennsylvania and somehow, some way he found me and he called me and said, Hey, I'm going on my first goat hunt in 2023, which is two and a half years away. Um, his, his hunts already booked. He's already paying it off. 
And he said, what do I do? How do I get ready? Where, what, what do I need to know? And, you know, there, there are very few animals that instill that type of, holy shit, what did I just get myself into? You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and mountain goats are one of them. And, and you start, you know, you send in your, your deposit for that hunt and you go, oh, oh, now what? Oh, crap. I got a lot, I got a lot to figure out. Um, and it's, but they're just, they're cool animals and they live in cool places and there's just something unique about them. And I, I can't, I, I can't describe it. I, I can't put my finger on it. Um, they're just, they're just different. And the way they move, the places they live, um, they're tailor-made. I, I think they're tailor-made for archery hunting. I really do. I mean, they're, you know, I'm starting to lean that way myself a little bit. I mentioned this on a podcast with a mate the other day. I, the ability I shot last year, I, I wish I had a bow. I kind of do. Yeah. Just a little bit. I think you could do it. Yeah. They're, they're in, they're in spots. They'll, they're, first of all, they're, they're pretty tolerant, right? They, they, they need their buffer zone, but they're pretty tolerant of movement around them. They're not mm-hmm. like antelope or whitetails yeah. or whatever. They're pretty tolerant of interaction with something that kind of a threat because they're tucked into those rocks and they think, yeah, you ain't going to get to me. And they're, yeah. they're right most of the time. But um, so they're, they're kind of, they're, they're tolerant enough to allow you to get in close to them. But they also live in terrain that is so crappy that no sane person is ever going to go after them. But archery hunters are such idiots anyway. We we go after <laughs> things in the worst positions. So, it, it, you know, we'll we'll go into places that you wouldn't normally take a shotgun into, but we'll we'll go and do stupid stuff, and and we'll we'll go into places where we don't belong. <laughs> And they're just, they're just made for archery hunting and you can get in close and usually they're kind of in cliffy, broken up, nasty stuff that you can kind of use to get in close to them. Right. Right. Um, So the combination of all that stuff, they're just kind of, they, they, they're kind of made for archery hunting. It seems to me. So this kid was calling me today about an archery hunt that he was putting together. Is he and coming to BC? That kid? Yeah, yeah. He's going to Southeast BC uh, awesome. near Golden BC. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And Great. so we talked, shoot, we probably talked for an hour. And I'll bet he's going to listen to this podcast. So, um, awesome. but we, What's we his talked name? Give for him a shout out. Um, his name's Cameron. I don't want to give too much away, but he's Cameron from Pennsylvania. Um, I appreciate the call, but um, we had a great talk and it was cool. And, you know, just talking to him about goat hunting and, you know, it's they're, they're I wasn't trying to psych him out. I don't want to, you know, get him so pumped up and so worried about making the shot that he screws things up. But um, it is, it's different. And when you talk to people about it that have never been, that want to go, um, it is, it's hard to put into words and describe. So what'd you just, tell him? What was your, what was your, what was your golden nugget that you gave him? The one thing I told him because he's worried about his archery setup. Right. I said, shoot the heaviest arrow you can. Cause those things are, they're tough, man. They, they really and, are. 
and the stupid angles you got to shoot them and the distances you you you're faced with um i said just shoot a big heavy arrow and and get it in them because they're tough and they're bony and they're built to to walk uphill you know they got that big ass front end on them so they can yeah. motor uphill well that's hard to get a, a light arrow through so i told them you know shoot shoot as much meat as you can at them and then it's all between his ears and and the kid's got he's got a good attitude uh for being how old he is he's he's really switched on but it's just an attitude thing because goat hunting is going to throw stupid stuff at you and you're going to run into weather you're going to run into other animals you're going to run into anything and everything that could go wrong um and it but it's it really is goat hunting is just about your attitude and yeah, and the six inches that, between your ears is going to do way more good for you if that's tough versus having tough feet or a strong back or, you know, giant quads or anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. If he's, hunt, if he's hunting the Selkirk, he's planning to come into there, he's, he's going to have some formidable mountains to climb. So a lot of it's going to be just... No, don't important. tell him that. Now, yeah, don't, don't, don't get him all worried about it. He's going <laughs> to... No, no, that's a great thing. Are you kidding me? That's the I love that stuff. For goodness sake, me yeah. and my buddy named a mountain F U mountain for a reason. <laughs> it's like one yeah. of those ones. It's like if we ever find a guy up here, I'm gonna go and probably be like, you and I can be friends because you're just as stupid as me. And you and I are having a freaking great time up here. And if I see something, I'm gonna let you know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So absolutely, well, he should be. I'm I'm excited for him. He'll have a great time, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's you're never gonna describe it to him. I mean, until he yeah. takes that first step off of the the base camp, um, you know, you, we'll you, have to. You, you just, know what? We should we should get him on. Oh, that's yeah, a great get him, idea. Yeah, get, him, get him on. Actually, it'd be we've kind of funny to get him on during the process and scare the hell out of him. Yeah. yeah, no, we should. Yeah. We've done we've done a format in the we've done a format in the past where we do a bit of we do like some gear breakdowns and stuff. We should get him on before hunt and after hunt. That'd be sweet. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. That's a good Give idea. Give me a call, Cameron. We'll get you and, on. And and uh, yeah, there you go. And and have him have him uh, keep notes while he's up there of all the stupid shit we told him that that we yeah. didn't know what we were talking about. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> Be like, okay, yeah. What was your mentality going into this? Yeah, and yeah. did it, did like rubber meet the road there, or were yeah. we just like way out to the lunch? How many times did he say those guys are idiots? Yeah, yeah. yeah what are they talking about? about. <laughs> These are not made for archery hunting. That's what he's yeah, gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's That's probably yeah, gonna be the big number one. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he'll get there. That's all for today, folks. The next portion of the podcast, we move into your questions and in classic behind the glass fashion, there's a ton more rabbit holes and a ton of BS that we embark on. So uh, tune in next time for the rest of the journey. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, guys, if you can lend support to RMGA in any way, I'm sure the guys over there would surely appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs>